RTTV is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash RTTV. Thanks, ExpressVPN, for sponsoring us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Receipt Podcast. I'm Gus. I'm McGavin. <laughs> I'm John. I'm a Barbara. I'm also John, what's your energy, McGavin. John? My energy's fine. I was laughing at your little uh, waiting on your camera to turn to you uh, <laughs> stall. <laughs> I, We're professionals. What do you mean? Where's my energy? I was laughing. What more? What? 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 What do you want from me? Well, I feel like the the my energetic intro. Then you immediately <laughs> went into like I'm going to counteract that by being like, it's I'm, I'm yin and yang. You got to have them. They complement each other. You can't just have all energy. That's true. You're all the yins to my yang. Very good. <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> all right, that's it. Thanks for watching, right, everybody. I'll see we'll you guys, see you guys later. Yeah, yeah. end it. End it. <laughs> so, um, out of our misery. I, uh, uh, I've been drinking one White Claw every week, and I think when I, <laughs> when I start... All right, hold on. And I think when I started the box. No, no, no. That could just be the the story right there. I've been drinking one white claw a week. Yeah, (laughs) every week. That's just a funny thing to declare. (laughs) Every week on the podcast, I've been grabbing one from the box of 24. And I think there were three missing uh, when I started. This is the last one. Is this, have we really been doing 21 weeks uh, now, yeah, this is five months. Almost next week will be five months that we've been doing them remotely. Uh, March twenty third was the last many. one. In, uh, too many, guys. We're yeah. coming up on half a year. Woo! Listen, no. we, we missed the steak off already. How are we, what do we do about that? We're gonna miss uh, ice cream Sunday Monday. We missed no, the steak bullshit. off. How will I cheat this time? No, they'll just oh, roll no. over. They'll just we'll do a double steak off next no. year. Gavin. You know what we should do? Okay, Eric, you're going to make this happen. On the day we're finally back in the studio doing the podcast again, we're going to do everything, every <laughs> event we've missed all on the same episode. We're going to have a steak off. We're, we're, yeah, we're going to have yeah. Sunday, Monday. If we're still not there by Shrove Tuesday, we're going to do that. We're going to have a, <laughs> a Taco Monday. All of them. All of them we're going to do when we get back. It's going to be such a big celebration. Uh, we're going to do every event in the so, wait, in that it, episode. It, it, it's Sunday, Sunday, Monday, but... You said Taco Monday, which was Tuesday, wasn't it? Taco, Taco Tuesday Taco, Monday. Tuesday, Tuesday Monday. Monday. Right, and then Sunday Monday steak off and pancake day collection. We'll do them all. I, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. So what you're saying is don't eat anything two days leading up to this event because <laughs> no, just... the podcast is going to take place at Golden Corral. <laughs> what if could could we make a sandwich <laughs> with instead of bread, it's pancakes. And instead of like ham, it's steak. Like get the yeah, steak off, yeah, yeah. encapsulated yeah, by yeah. the pancakes. How about this? And then pour syrup over it, and then just take yeah, a big yeah. bite out of it. You can, but pancake, you should. A pancake steak sphere, not a steak ball, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so that way I can do exactly what you say and somehow still get everyone going. Mm, that actually wasn't right. Do you mm. think you did exactly what I said? Yes. Do you think that's what happened? Uh huh. I want to say, chat's pretty excited right now. Chat is I see a lot of idea. yes in chat. <laughs> How are, so we're going to make a sandwich with pancakes and steak, or what is Gavin saying? He, we're yeah, putting it in yeah, a yeah. bowl? What's happening? Well, and pizza. P- pizza? And p- oh, the pizza sphere, yeah. So you got to have yeah. some aspect of pizza sphere in this. The, the, the pizza sphere can be sort of the encasement, and inside is different sized pancakes going up at the widest diameter, 
it's a ribeye and then smaller pancakes <laughs> covered in a pizza between two slices of bread. I hope you wrote that down. Yeah, I got it. I, okay. I'm going to do that exactly. And then everyone will be like, this isn't what he described. And then send me an Eric Andre <laughs> clip where he did it four years ago, but I've never seen it. So... <laughs> Eric, that uh, might be the thing you're most defensive about listen, during your have, tenure at this yeah, company. miserable. We have something to look forward to finally. At the end of all of this, we can look forward to this grand event we're going to have. Oh. Like we, we have a reason to keep going. If I want to eat a pancake steak sandwich, that's what I'm going to do the day we're back <laughs> in the office. <laughs> okay, but someone in chat said a ball is a sphere. Uh, yes, but what we, would, what we described was... Uh, pizzas getting bigger and getting smaller to make the sphere. Not right. Just a it's ball not just a clump of pizza, which is of what pizza. Which yeah. I, not, I'll, I'll be fair, Eric. I think you understand. did. You did a fantastic <laughs> job, Eric. I'm I'm in your corner, man. It was fantastic. It was delicious. I think you did the best you could with the information you had. But I think what, what? Gavin is picturing will never live up to what actually happens because what don't you understand you about it you just said you just described what i made it's a no, no, pizza. No. it has a diameter no. in the middle that's the largest and it's <laughs> the sizes change it's equidistant from left to right as it is up to down it's what i made that is a pizza sphere gavin just wanted a bunch of pizzas yeah. to be stacked on top of each other from smallest to largest to smallest again barbara. yeah barbara totally barbara, gets it that's what i made no. That's, yes! No, no it's what, not. That's what I made. And then I wrapped a pizza around it so that way it held its shape. It's what I made! Oh, I, I never it. got the description. I never got the description of what you made. I ate what you made at some point, but it might have been like an early version. But if you did do like the stack and then just wrapped it, I think you did exactly what you're supposed to do. That's exactly what I did. You did that's exactly. exactly. That's what I did exactly. Off. I did exactly what you described. <laughs> I, th I, I think what, what happened, Eric? I we made it. He's hacked our system. I I drew it out. I tested so it sick. many times. I did it. I did it. Damn it! I did it every way you wanted it, left, right, and center, and you couldn't appreciate it—not even for a second. You couldn't even love it the way you should have. You couldn't. You couldn't give yourself over to the pizza sphere. You're, you're but that's so okay. zoomed in. What because is I know I did it. Because I know I did it. <laughs> okay, Eric. Is that what we're problem. doing? I didn't. I forgot that that was on the inside. What you did is you blinded the creation. You encased it, mm, and then I did, and therefore it didn't appreciate hold, it. It wouldn't hold. The otherwise. structural integrity of the pizza you, was you saved. Had to, you had to think about this build. A building wouldn't get made without rebar. Things have to. <laughs> things have to happen that hold the structure together. Gavin, I know it, I know I didn't do it slow enough for you, so you could put it in 600 <laughs> frames a second. But I made it. I made it the way you wanted. Do you understand me? And stop sending me the Eric Andre clip. Stop hey sending me the Eric Andre clip. I like stop. pizza I too. I like pizza too. Pizza is very yeah. important. <laughs> Twenty-one weeks in quarantine. Can is this what we're doing? The pizza sphere podcast we just doing this? was no July 31st last year. This is where we're at now. It's been over a year since the pizza sphere uh, blew everyone's mind. That it, feels like it, it was eternity. Like, Did it blow people's mind? I feel yeah. like it disappointed everyone, but that's only because I didn't truly understand the construction. But now you do. So do I, you, do I you have a newfound appreciation for it now? I, I did, yeah. But let's return to our plans of the day of binging when we return to working at the office.
and all the food we're going to make on the same day for the same <laughs> podcast. I had I had a stomachache today and I couldn't figure <laughs> out why I had a stomachache today until I recalled <laughs> everything I ate yesterday for my cheat day, which in hindsight, pieces fit. I think I went I think I went a little overboard. John, me too. Um <laughs> we I think we both had a cheat day yesterday. Uh we had pizza for lunch. And then I don't for think dinner, your cheat day is going to match mine. I don't think so either. We had a pizza for lunch, and then for dinner, we ordered Chewy's, which you guys know living in Austin is an Austin local place, a Mexican place, delicious. Um, ordered way too much food because we were lazy and we're like, we, are, we ordered food for lunch, let's order food again for dinner. And I woke up this morning with severe stomach cramps and <laughs> did not have a great morning because of it, but... <laughs> My body does not enjoy when but I do that to it. Was it worth it, though? Oh, 100,000%, Gus. Absolutely. It was one yeah. of the best meals of my life last night, having Chewies. Good. Then, yeah. yeah. Choice. That's all that matters. Worth it. But I, I definitely, um, not going to lie, took at least one of my meetings in the bathroom this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were in a meeting. Uh, I don't remember exactly who was in it. I think... John and Barbara were also in this meeting last, maybe last week or the week before, and there were a few of us on it. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I guess Blaine was in the video conference on his laptop, and all of a sudden he started moving around and walking around. Then he said, "Oh shit, I needed to go to the bathroom," and I almost took the laptop with me in there while I was on the call with you guys. Just walk. He just <laughs> almost absentmindedly walked in the bathroom and just didn't even think about the action he was taking while he was still on the call with video. Oh, with video, yeah, yeah. He almost just took us, you know, he's that, that's how comfortable he's getting. I think we're all getting more and more comfortable with it because this is our only form of communication these days, uh, especially like at Rooster Teeth is we take all of our meetings via video call and it's just like, you don't even think about it anymore because it's so second nature at this point. Yeah. You think, you don't think about it until two minutes before the podcast goes live, discord goes down for some fucking reason. You have to scramble to find a new way to uh, communicate with everybody. Why the fuck does Discord always go down? It's probably being know. used more than usual right now. Bring back yeah, but it's MSN. been five months. Bring back MSN. <laughs> Is MSN Messenger gone? It's gotta yeah. be, well, man. Right? They changed it to Windows Live and then they binned the whole thing, I think. Did they? Yeah, Windows Live Messenger. Uh, yeah, I Let's guess bring they... bring back ICQ. They killed it in 2012. Wow. ICQ. ICQ, that's even older. ICQ, ICQ. they killed that. Like oh, they're, they're still releasing that. What? Is Google Plus still a thing? No, they killed Google Plus. Oh, that thing that was like invite only for a while? Google well, Plus? Well, Gmail was invite only for a while. Really? I remember, I remember uh, Gmail beta. I, was a, I remember that. When it was, yeah. Lost a little, little tag over the, uh, over the logo. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got a letter in the mail the other day. I don't, don't want to brag, but uh, I... Uh, I'm going to receive part of a settlement from a class action lawsuit against Google Plus. Not going to brag. I could what? get $8 out of it. Whoa. <laughs> what are you going to spend it on? <laughs> you actually like applied to get the money? I guess. I don't know. I just got the letter that was like, you're, you're in this class action lawsuit. Go to this website. So I went to the website and I filled it out. Oh, I, got, I mean, I got the same email, but also considering that I get income from Google, I didn't feel like... <laughs> Taking the money. Well, think, think about this way. They're, they're going to spend the money regardless. If you don't take the money, some lawyer's going to get the money. Like Google's going to pay the money regardless of whether or not you take it. I don't know. I just felt yeah, you, morally you uh, doesn't take more. Morally crossed. 
It's like, it would be like me using Adblock. Like, I just don't out of... Yeah, but it's not the same. They they lost a lawsuit and they have to pay money for it. <laughs> Lawyers sure, got to eat too, Gus. <laughs> well, they're going to get a certain amount of money. I just don't want them getting my money. It's like, it's a couple bucks. I'm going to get, like, I don't know, a block of tofu or something Could we for it. please get a clip of you after this podcast <laughs> leaning out your window going, It's my money and I want it now! <laughs> I'm gonna call JG Wentworth. Also, I, I feel really bad, John. We completely skipped over what you ate on your cheat day, and I, now I'm really curious <laughs> I, to know. I started my story, and Barbara's like, "No, this is my story. I this is it. my." <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you eat, John? You, okay, so the bar has been set high by Barbara. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it. Not um, saying all right. Uh, first breakfast was uh, a bowl of cereal, a giant bowl of, there's a cereal that's Frosted Flakes Lucky Charms combined, and then I combined with that some Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and then along with that, I had a frozen uh, breakfast sandwich, like a little croissant breakfast sandwich, and then next to that, I had a little frozen kolache. That was first breakfast. Second breakfast was a venti iced latte from Starbucks and a old-fashioned glazed donut from Starbucks. Lunch was Alamo Draft House buffalo cauliflower, omnivore pizza, and chocolate chip cookie shake. It's <laughs> yes, <laughs> like a yes, thousand yes, calories yes, alone yes, is yes, the yes, shake. Yes, Dinner yes, yes. <laughs> was a Taco Bell steak quesadilla, uh, nacho double-decker crunch taco, and a beefy five-layer burrito. Dinner dessert was some Ben & Jerry's ice cream and two uh, chocolate cake bites. They're like these, like, de- like almost like cake pops. Hell yeah. Um, and then I got hungry later on. <laughs> you got hungry? And I had, I had another small bowl of cereal and another kolache. Yes. And then I couldn't go to sleep, so I just munched on some more Cheez-Its. Hell. Dude, well, I mean, you're yes. a very active person, right? You're probably burning through most of that. I'd um, say it's deserved. It's, it's what I, I mean, it, it's, I don't normally go that, that ham. That's actually quite excessive. And I do not recommend that to anybody for cheat meals, cheat days, anything. Do not do that. The only reason that I rationalize t- times like that is that, yes, Gavin, I am a very active person throughout the week. Um, the same day I did, I did a, a full hour workout, um, and also went for a six mile hike that day. Um, life is about balance guys. And, but also all throughout the week, I also count calories and uh, hit macros all throughout the week that are heavily controlled and uh, completely bonkers for most people to try to even like live like this. But it's how I like to eat. It's how I, I enjoy it. But so that's me normal during the week. And then Sunday, I just like <laughs> destroy the stomach lining of my body <laughs> with that kind I'm of I'm imagining you kind of like Jabba the Hutt on Sundays. <laughs> like you just like bring in all your food. You're just like, Misa, have some kolache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, Is Jabba the Hutt on the podcast with us? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Gus. <laughs> but I don't, normally go, I don't normally go that hard. 
And but then like this more today, I I just was like, why am I why am I feeling sick to my stomach? It's really weird. And I was like I was like drinking my water this morning, all that kind of stuff. And I figured I like I like was on my walk doing like a walk this morning, and I was like just counting everything that I did. I'm like, oh okay, that's, were you that's just why. We happy sh- as hell while you were sucking all that food down. Were you just full of joy? <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, I'll say this: if if I if I read out everything I ate for the six other days of the week, you would be like, "That sounds like a terrible way to live, John. You must hate life. Like, love yourself, do anything." But no, like, I like what I eat during the week, and then Sunday is a fucking holiday every single week for me. It is a it is Christmas Day every single Sunday for me. I wake up Sunday morning and I immediately go make a bowl of cereal, and I love it. It is it is like crack it is fantastic and that's because it's just a special event every single week that i get is to it make the same myself. cereal every week or is it like you no, change it up? i change it up i have like i have a good like six boxes of cereal in my pantry that i i go through and that kind of thing um but yes it was i i 100 i i uh eating all that food was fantastic i also ate taco bell in the bathtub that's how i had my dinner <laughs> <laughs> my god I don't know, in I've, the bathtub I've never been someone who can eat food in the bath like I the, love if bath, I dropped bath any dinner. in it would go soggy I would be trapped with the wet food it sounds like an I absolute have, nightmare I have a little uh, a little bath tray thing that, that connects to the t- two sides of my bath yeah. and it has like a little stand for my for my little tablet that I watch a movie on and then I have my drink there and I'm just sitting there <laughs> eating my beefy five layer burrito while I watch you know with just pieces Muppets. of ground beef just dripping out into the bathtub <laughs> yeah, well, yeah no. my question with that when you drop uh, like an oily onion into your bath or something like that a big lump of meat what do you what do you where do you put it what do you do dropping you food in the bath is for amateurs i am a professional i wrap my food perfectly so nothing falls not a never single a not a single crumb of that steak quesadilla fell on the bath okay i'm impressed i think the worst I'm thing impressed. ever i don't know if you how often you guys take baths john i assume you probably take the most baths out of anyone here except for me <laughs> i would assume based off the story Yes, I love maybe. baths. Okay. I love uh, baths. I don't mind them. I'll take have one you, every so often. Have you ever gotten like everything ready for your bath? Like you got music, the lights, maybe candles, like whatever you got going for your bath time to make it nice. You get in, it's nice and warm, and then you realize you got to pee. <laughs> yeah. Better happen all the time. All the time. You get out. And then you get out and you're like dripping now because you got to like hobble <laughs> across the floor and not slip. And also you're fucking cold now because you're wet and walking over to the bathroom. Listen. This is your own fault. You've trained your body to pee in the bathtub. What? By no, peeing in the shower. I have... You pee in the shower. So now you get in the tub and your body thinks it's time to pee. And that's what's happening. <laughs> that is... He's right. You know? I don't think so. I think my excuse is that I drink about 170 ounces of water a day. Yeah. And so I'm in a constant state of pee. I have to pee right now. And I'm going to have to pee again. <laughs> Even if I went right now, I'd have to pee again the next half hour. I'm. It's just... That's, I, I feel like... That's also how you also eat 10,000 calories on a Sunday is that throughout the rest of the week, you drink like 170 ounces of water every single day. <laughs> I don't get the and peeing the thing, but the other day, it was like a month ago, I was just, uh, I was having a night bath, like a little sort of relaxing wind down. But uh, I was like brushing my teeth and stuff before. And um, I got in the bath, but it was before I'd spat out my mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you were like still gurgling your mouthwash yeah, while you? Yeah, been... I just forgot. I just forgot to close it out. I was still working. I was still like, oh, and I just sat down in the bath. I was like, <laughs> what'd you do? So, 
I just gauzed it over the side. Over the side? <laughs> oh, it's like <laughs> yeah. a whole wet area, right? I've seen even the yeah, guys. My, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's my shower. Yeah, that, that, that's why everyone, when I dived headfirst into my bathtub, everyone's like, how long did that take to clear up all that water? I was like, oh, I just, there's a drain right there. Just, I didn't, it just evaporated and went down the drain. It was fine. Also, I feel like we can't, uh, there now. we can't get too far away from this because I do recall at the start of working from home, quarantine, back in March, I remember requesting of you, Gavin and Gus, to try just once peeing in the shower during this time. Because why not? It's time to try new things. And you guys both agreed to it. Yeah. Has there been any movement? I did it. All right. <gasps> yeah! I, I, I did it too. I, I hated it. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh, I, it's I, the I, best thing in the world. I'll be honest. Also, it, just like getting to pee without like holding anything and standing there. You just like just let it pee. Yeah, I get to pee drain. standing up for the only time in my life. It, it felt right. Like it felt nice. <laughs> but I was so worried that someone would walk in. <laughs> the only person who would walk in is Meg. And do you care if she sees you peeing in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm just stood there with this like urine flying out the end of my penis. Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> Lying out the end of your penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a projectile vomit type thing. Uh, I That happens to me and Trevor where he'll, he'll warn me if he's about to pee when he's in the shower. Because I could see the shower from our sinks. And I'd be like, don't look here for 20 seconds. And I'm like, okay, yeah. got it. And vice versa. <laughs> that's that's my favorite part of having a relationship, not watching each other pee. It's being comfortable enough with each other that you can say things like that. And it's like, okay, I won't look. You're going to pee. Like, I love that level of like just transparency of like, yes, we're all just creatures who have to do things. We're not going to act like, oh, we we don't pee. We don't poop. Mm-hmm. We don't fart and that kind of thing. It's like, no, no, no. Fuck that. We're all we're all creatures. I told you guys the story about how Trevor and I broke that seal of, of like, not obviously not going to the bathroom in front of each other because that's your personal time, but like being open about like, I need to number two right now. Yeah. So it might be a period of time. Uh, it was when we both went to a certain Greek restaurant that's nearby the office and went back to his place and both immediately got food poisoning. Oh no. <laughs> and luckily he had uh, two bathrooms cause I was like, I'm gonna um, use your bathroom for a second if you don't. Um. He's like, I- I'm actually gonna go to the bathroom too. And I- we were like texting each other during this being like, are you okay? Are you also not <laughs> doing so well right now? And he's like, yep. <laughs> so that was Dude, the first I time we like, think- there's no better icebreaker than a bout of food poisoning. Just oh, to absolutely. Really <laughs> sort of realize everything. I would almost encourage I- new couples to get food poisoning together just to break that seal. <laughs> just kidding. Please don't. My apartment is so small and the bathroom is literally centralized. There's nothing I can do to hide me taking a twosie here. Mm. It's, That's well, you it's known. Yeah. This episode of the Rooster Podcast is brought to you by me, Undies. MeUndies wants to talk about your underwear. Like, seriously, they have a lot of feelings about it. And I just want to chat with anyone who listens. So, you know, here we go. Uh, MeUndies just wants everyone to feel comfy as heck with the freedom to express themselves. That's why they make the world's softest undies in classic colors and fun prints like dinos and surfboards. Whatever you put on every day, they want you to be comfortable. Worn MeUndies for years. They're the softest underwear out there. They got loads of different styles and patterns to choose from. I can't imagine wearing anything else. Uh, MeUndies is serious about softness. No, like 
serious. They, they scoured the world for the world's softest fabric known to man. It all starts with sustainably sourced beechwood trees that magically turn from pulp to yarn to undies. Undies that kind of feel like heaven on your skin uh, for comfort from the outside literally to in. Uh, keep your undie drawer stocked with the MeUndies membership, a subscription that sends new pairs right to your door, plus get site-wide savings and exclusive sales. MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. It's a no-brainer, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash roosterteeth. That's MeUndies.com slash roosterteeth. Like you said, we're all just, we're all just big water bags that have. Occasionally, we have to uh, get rid of a little <laughs> bit of it. Bags. Water bags. Yeah. You know, I I saw a video on our website this week. Oh that, no! Uh, oh I, no! I, I'm having a bad connection. It. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go. Oh, you're being sarcastic. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, wait. Uh, I think I also have to go. I, I don't know. I don't know what the video is. Gavin, finish your story. You're also guilty, John. You, you're guilty as well. You son of a bitch. I don't fucking care. <laughs> What's the story? We've been playing Factorio without Gavin. There was a video. Was oh, a video. It was yeah. it was, um, now it was Gus and Barbara playing Factorio. At least the yep. video that get that Gus and I did is not coming out because the footage got corrupted. Oh shit! Are you serious? Yeah, it got corrupted. It was literally it was literally shutting down Cameron's uh, premiere uh, every fifteen seconds. Who's good? How did you How did you find out about that video, Gavin? I just saw it. I saw a Factorio <laughs> thumbnail, and I was like, "I was like, is this a new fact? <laughs> son of son of a bitch!" So I left a comment on it. Yeah, your comment was, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is actually someone pointed this out. It's just ripe for meme material because what I did was I clicked on all comments, and the first one was "What the fuck?" from you. And so it just said all comments. What the fuck? So I feel like that'll be a good meme for just responding yeah. to things that are really shitty. So yeah, uh, I um, I was tr I tried obviously to delete the video from the website, but <laughs> you know, I don't I don't have that kind of power. I don't know how to do that. So I looked it up, Gavin. I was curious. Um, can do you want to take a guess as to what the maximum number of players in a multiplayer Factorio game is? I bet it's insanely high. Oh yeah, I'm, I saw a video of uh, fifty. You should guess. He said fifty. Fifty. The maximum number, the hard limit for players is sixty-five thousand five hundred thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to automate anything. Just hire people. Oh my god! Can we? Can does that mean that we can we can host a game with as many people as possible? Like if we grab as many oh. people from the Rooster community. That's a good idea. Just, and just did a swarm game of Factorio. There is friendly fire. We have to be. There careful. is friendly fire. Yeah, you, but you wouldn't be able to fill the game. There's, that's more slots than there are people who would ever join. I, that's probably more people than who play Factorio. Let let us know in chat. I'm looking at people. People. Uh, I'm reading chat right over here. Let us know if uh, that's something you'd be interested in in joining with us. We should we should try to get that going. Yeah, uh, I see what you're doing. Do I see now. what you're doing. Not only have you played with Barbara and John, Gus, you you now want to play with every single person Listen, who watches the podcast. I was gonna you say, me. also, you would be in there a, too. I was gonna say a oh, rule has to be Dolph, you don't really? invite Gavin. You invite sixty five thousand other people, but yeah. not Gavin. I think <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
The, that's oh, more man. people than the town I grew up in. The town I grew up in was like <laughs> 20,000 people. It was like if everyone in the town I grew up with had three computers and all logged into Factorio at the same time, that would be the equivalent of playing a multiplayer game of Factorio. How how long would it take to load that game with that many people on it one would, map? It's, unless the server was powerful enough, it would break the game. But I think that would be part of the fun is seeing... I mean, sometimes it's fun just to try to break games. And so I think that would be part of it is just like get as many people in there as possible and just have them do stuff and craft stuff and build stuff until the game just goes, no. Yeah. And you, just you know how off. in the game I, you, you get the, the bots that fly around and get shit for you and stuff? You could just, yeah. that would be people. You would have yeah. just a swarm of people like doing everything by hand. You wouldn't have to build a single machine. I, yeah. I see a, a video here on YouTube that got uploaded seven months ago. It's got a million views. And it's a video of 500 players on a Factorio server all at the same time. Hell yes. Yeah, that's what I, I remember seeing that. So when you what said how many people, like? I knew it was a lot. I'm going to put it in our uh, our chat here. Uh, just so you guys can see it if you on want. On our new call or original call? On also, the game just left... video call. The game just is. left beta for the first time, right? Yeah, the game has officially left beta. And there, there's like spider tanks in it now. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I guess it's part of the final release. You can make spider tanks that can shoot nuclear weapons at what? Uh, wow. the enemies on the map. Dude, I can't believe it was in early access for like seven years and I played it like one month before it came out officially. That, well, yeah. the, the reason that I started talking about it again recently that inspired you to play was I got ex I read the announcement that they were leaving early access and they were finally going to release uh, into you know final version. So that's why I started playing again and started talking about it. Yeah. Uh, this video rather? makes me so insanely anxious there are so many there's uh, so much going on you can't you can't the best, follow the, it the best thing would be to try to then like get everybody into like a discord server or something where you could talk to everybody and just give orders of like all right everybody mine stone and put it into something well, i don't know like you'd, you'd have to break it down right like one person in charge like of, of like 10 people who are in charge of 10 people like and they just keep breaking it down it'd be like having to try to command like a giant military force like you can't talk to everyone at once you have to have yeah. a chain of command we're to pass do orders it. down through we're gonna do it I'm, I'm 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 putting it on the books we're gonna we're gonna do it but um, in all seriousness i think this is this would be something really fun to do but in addition to that gavin i we should play factorio with you i think that would be fun if we did, i just like, like the idea of being creature. in there with you know, hundreds of community members, but I'm trying to get Gus's attention. I'm like, Gus! <laughs> Gus, I'm in! <laughs> it's like a, a thousand other people. I'm also going to po post a video over here of the new uh, Spider-Tron as well, in case y'all haven't seen that. Oh, no. Where are you posting this? In the uh, VMix chat. chat. VMix chat. Uh, oh. I like how you call yourself the Pickle Man. The Pickle Man. Oh, do you want to see? Do you want, you want me to show you my pickles? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's are, get progress. Are they ready to eat? No, not yet. Experiment number one. Damn. Okay. Look at Gus in his little shorts. <laughs> <laughs> it's casual Gus. <laughs> Look at this. Ooh. Look at those pickles. Those are some cloudy Dude. pickles. That's looking like it's coming on. They'll be ready supposedly on Wednesday. Are you going to drop them off so we can try them on the podcast? I'm going to be honest with you, Gavin. Um, I'm really scared that they might cause botulism. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna eat one first, and if I don't get sick, then I'll share them with you. How do you get botulism from a pickle? 
I don't know, but like I, after I, I talked about it last week on the podcast, people kept saying I I tried making pickles like that once and I got botulism. So now I'm terrified that I did something wrong. Is botulism uh, something that you recover from? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, you can. Uh, I don't I'm know. reading that it could be fatal and require emergency medical care. <clears throat> so Gus, huh. I kind of don't even want you to try it. But I made, then I'll have wasted like a dollar in cucumbers if I don't eat them. (laughs) Oh, no. Is there like a strip of paper that you can dunk in and it detects botulism? Like if it it lights up a funny color? (laughs) Like testing like for an STD or something. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we'll see. They'll they'll be ready on Wednesday. If, if, let me look at my calendar for Thursday. I might have to call in sick. So if we're, if you need me for something on Thursday, I might not make it. We got uh, D&D on Thursday. Oh, shit, we have D&D on Thursday. <laughs> it's a very important day. We're, yeah. we're finally getting somewhere in that campaign. We need uh, our, our dungeon dad. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Well, no, no, we'll, we'll have D&D. I'll, I'll make it, I promise. But um, And so yes, I did playing... Google immediately because I wanted to see. I don't know much about botulism, but now I do. Google's I've been, uh, because of, like, people... Kept always hearing me talk about uh, playing Factorio, so people have always been recommending that I finally that I try to play Satisfactory, which is like a first-person version of Factorio. So I started playing that as well, like last week or the week before, and I'm putting some time into it. And it's a fun game, and there's like research trees, and it's it's I feel like it's a lot earlier in development. Obviously, Factorio was in development a long time. It's very very, it was very close to done. It was very complete for a long time. Uh, Satisfactory definitely has some things in the game that you find that are like, this is a work in progress. This doesn't do anything yet. But today I finally got the research tree down to a point where I was able to build a gun. <laughs> I, I had so, like, I've been so scared the entire time playing this game. I was like, man, these animals, if I see them, it's really hard to kill them. They're going to kill me. Now I've got a gun. I'm walking around like, fuck you. I got to shoot you. <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of anything in that game anymore. <laughs> I'm walking around fearless, shooting every <laughs> animal I can find. And I think that's so... I don't know. It's like so indicative of the human condition. It's like you're, humans live in terror of every animal in the world until you yeah. have like a leg up on them with technology. And you're like, fuck you. I am wiping you off of the planet. I, d- I did the exact same thing in Factoria because I played with the aliens on. And the moment I got a nuclear powered tank that could basically it could haul ass and just drive over the nests, I would just hunt them down. Every like <laughs> couple of hours, I would just be like, they're getting close. And I would just drive the perimeter and annihilate everything. But at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh shit. I was like placing turrets, <laughs> freaking out, like, trying to place turrets, and then place another turret closer to get the ones that the t- first turret wasn't reaching. Well, yeah, it, it's like, it, it was satisfying. Yeah, at that stage, it's almost like a tower defense game where you have like a network of turrets yeah. that uh, <clears throat> offer layers of protection. But uh, yeah, Satisfactory, it's fun. I think I like Factorio more, but Satisfactory is also a lot of fun. I it's had very, way very more fun game. playing Factorio with you, Gus, than I ever did by myself. And I think it's because hey. like trying to learn and do it by myself, I was like, okay, this feels like a lot of kind of homework. Um, doesn't necessarily feel that fun. I could see like getting into it more and like having mm-hmm. things work together. But like playing with you, it made me understand the entire thing so much better. Yeah, and, I think uh, it, it helps yeah. to learn, uh, like to ask someone else questions just because it's so, the game is so open-ended. It doesn't hold, I mean, it does hold your hand a little bit at the beginning, but you reach a point where it doesn't really tell you what stuff does. You just right. kind of have to like trial and error, figure it out. Like I think even to this day, Gavin, you never got your signal network working for your trains, right? No, I couldn't figure it out to save yeah. my life. I did the tutorial and I was like, I don't. I completed it and I was like, I don't know what I just did to to beat that. <laughs> Wait, what does the signal network do? 
you, you can, can like automate your yeah you tell yeah. me this i don't even know what it is so if, if you get your signal network working right you can automate loading and unloading your trains and you can have multiple trains on the same track and have signaling oh. so that they don't collide with each other okay well then let the record show that i i'm better at uh, factorial than gavin because yeah i, it I mean out i i had automated trains that could <laughs> unload and load but they wouldn't uh i couldn't have multiple trains on the same track like they wouldn't wait for each other and stuff and right. i yeah. actually i was too lazy to build so i had like an area above where i my base was that my train would auto go to and collect resources but then to get my uranium i had to go way further but i was too lazy to build a second track and i didn't know how to work the signals so i would just like <laughs> i put another train on the same track and then i extended the track beyond where my other train was going and i would just have to wait and hope that my a train was loop. coming back the other way so i i would see my train go like and i'd be like go 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 and i'd try and get out of there before it came back it was terrifying this episode of Rooster podcast is brought to you by burrow uh, summer's all about relaxation whether that means chilling with your favorite movie or just laying out with a good book and burrow is here with a new comfy sofa to help make sure you have the most relaxing summer yet why is Burrow better? Well, Burrow is practical and versatile. You can assemble your sofa in minutes by yourself with no tools. You can add or remove seats as needed. You can convert a love seat into a sofa, into a sectional and back. They offer unique features you won't find in big box furniture, store sofas, or even other sofas you can get online. Uh, Built-in USB charger so your phone doesn't die while you lounge. Durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant. Uh, now Burrow is more customizable than ever. You pick your fabric color, leg finish, armrest style, and length. You can add a chaise lounge or ottoman or both. There's over 23,000 ways to customize your perfect sofa. Uh, it's more than sofas. Burrow makes it easy to create a cohesive, stylish space with practical pieces designed to go together. Burrow's genius sleep kit transforms your comfy sofa into an even comfier bed. Burrow also offers a collection of affordable rugs, coffee tables, wall shelves, love seats, armchairs, ottomans, and more. And you always get fast and free shipping and zero interest financing. So get $75 off your Burrow purchase plus fast and free shipping at burrow.com slash rooster. Uh, check out the site for details. That's B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash rooster for $75 off. I, uh, I got really into uh, The Sims again during my vacation time the other week. And... The obsession has returned. I don't know. Have you guys? Are you guys you Sims players? Sims. Oh yeah, I've, play, I've played The Sims quite a bit. Yeah. Have you? Are you any I, of you like Sims Four players? No. Or did you stop? Never. Like not. Two? Not directly. I've. I've. I've seen plenty of gameplays, but no, no, I haven't done played it directly. I. I'm having such nostalgia with it because when I was, this was around the time I actually discovered Rooster Teeth, so I was like, thirteen, fourteen ish, that age. Um. I used to spend more time downloading mods for that game than I did playing it because I was obsessed with finding like different outfits and hairstyles and furniture and stuff so I could make things look good. But then I became so obsessed with downloading stuff that I found more joy in doing that than actually playing the game. <laughs> it was like shopping almost. Uh, and so I found out there's an entire, of course, um, there's millions and millions of downloads available for the sims 4 so i've just been doing that all the time like downloading new furniture and outfits and things like that because obviously we're not going outside so i'm like i want to do decorating and shopping and make yeah. my sims live this kind of lifestyle because i'm not doing that so i'm living vicariously through them but <laughs> i was gonna make a joke while you guys were talking about factorio and like setting this up and that has to happen i was like yeah man when uh when my person's sleeping, they got to get their energy up, but they also have to pee at the same time. So I got to manage waking them up to go pee and go back to sleep. You just set up a signal network that's attached to their bladder <laughs> to make emptying it more efficient. Duh. 
Uh, it's so much fun, though. I we, love that game so much. It's a very bingeable game. I, I feel like I, whenever I pick up The Sims, it's like a heavy two weeks of just simming it, and then I put it down and never play it Especially again. with all the expansion packs that they have, like the especially the, uh, the pets one and the seasons one, it adds so much to that game. And I've just been making families and adopting pets like crazy because I, I was like, I want to <laughs> play with a dog, and now I get to play with dogs in this game. Can the pets die? I think they do. I haven't played through enough of one family to find out, uh, but I think they do get old and, and pass away eventually. But It's tragic. Man, like I get to like train them and feed them and tell them to go potty and they're afraid of the dishwasher. It's like real life. We filmed a video I want, I, in Sims 4 a few weeks ago that I think Gavin would have liked to have been a part of. Yeah, and I think it's coming out relatively soon. That's I, so that I wasn't invited or anything. Even you have your you own people to, I, to play games with. Hey, Gavin, uh, I, I invited you to my video that I shot with you last week. Thanks, so John. I just want to put on the record that I did thanks, invite Matt. you to a video. So I had made I had ordered this brand new gaming PC specifically for Microsoft Flight Simulator and for Cyberpunk 2077 when they come out. And the first game I played on it was Sims 4. It was when we yeah. did that video. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's total overkill. What graphics card do you got in there? The you probably RTX told me last time. Twenty eighty super. So have you played Flight Sim? No, it comes out tomorrow. Oh, uh, I just set my uh, region to Japan and I played it today. You liar! You can only preload. No, I was playing it. What what plane were you flying? Uh, I, I took a picture of you playing it. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Were you playing with your keyboard and mouse? Yeah, because it I wouldn't be it wouldn't be your time code. It would be your IP where it's at. Ooh. That's me flying over. Uh, th that was so from JFK. Much. I also flew over Austin, and I flew from. I I wanted to fly from uh, Heathrow to Austin in real time, but I had to do the podcast. Hey, um, if I get disconnected, I'm changing my region, and uh, so just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah, you just do it on the. Uh, you just need the the Microsoft Store in a region where it's already come out. Mm -hmm. Also, they've removed crashing. Really? Where's the fun in that? They took out what do you brutal, do? explosive plane crashes. It just cuts to a black screen saying you crashed, which I well, think technically that, that's how you would experience it, right? If it's simulating it. Yeah, <laughs> you would cut to wrong. a black screen. <laughs> you don't get but, to have uh, that third person perspective of the explosion. I guess we live in a much more sensitive world to plane related incidents, but still. It's it's a simulator. You the crash is if I was in a driving simulator and there was no crashing, I'd be like, "Where's half the game?" People like a good uh, aviation disaster podcast. I speak from personal experience. I don't know if you can see over here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put, can can I get my wide? Can I get my single shot? Yes. I have may. I have my throttles here. Do you see that, Gavin? <laughs> for my flight simulator, I installed it on my desk today. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a like a yoke thing or a joystick? Yeah, or anything? it's it's over there. Uh, I got a yoke. Are you a joystick uh, guy? No, I got a yoke. Oh, okay. Yeah, During I, our meeting today, Gus was on the floor setting up his, I think, it was, <laughs> pedals or I something like that. I was like building that. my uh, my my flight simulator stuff. So Gus was called into the meeting, like hovered on the ground. So it was just his head popping up onto his webcam from below his desk as <laughs> he was just listening from down there. He's <laughs> like, "I'm installing my flight simulator. It's important. Got to be ready." He's so yeah, excited. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's like super detailed because I guess they pull all the. They pull like satellite imagery as you fly. Yeah. It looks good, man. It's a good looking game. I'm so excited for that game. I, I was doing wait. some uh, 4K 120 FPS action. Smooth. It, what's the, what, is, what, what are, what is 
any level of advancement or objective completion in that game. You that's take like off and like, you land. That's well, like, what would you, what are you doing when you fly a real plane? Okay, so the answer take is off there, and you it, land. that there that it is it is solely a vanilla simulator and that it is just simulating the experience. It is not a, a game with a narrative progression to no. any extent. What is there is there anything that stops you from being able to get certain planes or certain things or is just everything unlocked and open for you once you start the game? They locked certain planes and airports out based on different editions of the game. So like the basic version of the game comes with so many planes and airports and you have to pay for like the deluxe edition that has more and then like the ultimate edition that has more than that. Uh, as far as this game, I don't know, you'd have to ask Gavin. In the past, I think everything was pretty much open from the get-go. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I've, I played for like 40 minutes before we started. So I didn't really look around a ton, but does the game nice. introduce any unforeseen difficulties at any point? In the past version of the game, you could uh, fly with difficulties if you wanted to. There was also in the past versions, there was a setting you could enable where there was a chance that something would go wrong during your flight and you would have, you wouldn't know what it was and you'd have to diagnose it as if it was a real problem in the plane. My biggest gotcha. difficulty so far was, uh, I started on a runway and it said release the parking brake with control and number pad delete and I my keyboard didn't have a number pad so I was like huh uh -oh. <laughs> I guess you're crashing okay. Game so over. I had to remap I had to remap some keys it, are you there are there any other is it all single player with any population of other pilots NPCs or is it multiplayer with other people what is is it just know. you that's it there was multiplayer in previous versions i don't know if there is in this one in my first flight simulator 2020 multiplayer let me look like even like any... moving traffic and stuff yeah is there is there other traffic like is there any point you'd have to like just be taxiing on the runway waiting i for didn't your see chance? any airport traffic but i was flying pretty low over austin and there were people on 35 driving around so it, it simulates uh, like people will... It will bring all the pilots on the planet together in multiplayer. That includes virtual pilots and live air traffic from around the world. So it's That's going so to populate cool. the game with NPCs of real flights going on? It looks like it. it says they'll be pulling in live data of aircraft currently in flight in the real world. So you can have weather and lighting be identical to current conditions wherever you're flying. And you can also have other planes in the airspace around Dude, that are identical as well. That's really cool. Let's yeah, do a video, Gus. Crazy. Let's do a video where you and you and I, you can fly, uh, and we'll go to LA from Austin. What it sounds like is that <laughs> me, John, and Gus will make a video of us flying. <laughs> Son of a! I just want to be. A, I just want to be a passenger. Mother I'll just go get like some peanuts and ginger ale. <laughs> some there people, some people have suggested that uh, we should make a video where. Uh, Chris flies a plane and I oh, tell God. him what to do because of black box down. But I have to remind those people, I'm not a pilot. Like, I don't know how to actually fly a plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could like, be it's like, different oh, in I could say, like, we should be taxiing right now or we should be taking off right now. But I couldn't be like, hit this button or pull that lever. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a really you'll get to a point where you can. Yeah, A really to. good collaboration would be if we could get uh, Thomas Middleditch. He uh, is both a gamer and actually a real life pilot. Thomas Middleditch from Middleditch and Schwartz, that whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, uh, Silicon Valley. He flies planes. Um, and in fact, he was, and I think still is. He flies. Um, he he like he volunteers for this like volunteer service to transport 
uh, animals like dogs that need to get to a different place. And he'll, he, he's kind of married multiple loves of his together into an activity that he can do. That's, that's a, like a, a, a charity activity. We might um, have an in with him. Ooh. That'd be so cool. He's been streaming at home. Like he, he also streams on Twitch. Like he's a total gamer boy. I commented on one of his Instagram posts where he was eating ice cream and I said, nice cream. Uh, and then he followed me. Good one. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this woman is funny. A plus I'm comedy. Uh, yeah. So you should definitely uh, ask him. I mean, I know him slide and uh, into those DMs. Well, Ben Schwartz is like good friends with the Game Grumps guys and he's done multiple videos with them. And then him and, and Tom did uh, a video together with them. And even Thomas and Ben did a video for Netflix playing Animal Crossing. So they're totally doing it. So yeah, you should you should Gamer actually boys. slide into those DMs and get Thomas. Yeah, to I, I hopped into a, a Mario Kart with all those lads and uh, <clears throat> they are extremely good. Like it's it's nothing like playing with people at Achievement Hunter. They're Which lads nuts. are you referencing? Uh, like Game Grumps people and uh, yeah, Amir and Ben and all okay. that. Okay, I've oh, just nice. done a few games with them. Like you mean good as in like good at the game or or like funny? Uh, well, I mean I wasn't talking to them. I was they, oh, it was they were just oh, good at the okay. game. I I said gotcha. I, I like joked with one of them that like if this was the trailer for Mario Kart, no one would buy it because it's just like <laughs> everyone going past you. <laughs> <laughs> sucking, sucking dicks at the back. It's it's funny. That, I follow uh, both um, Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz on social media, and <clears> Ben Schwartz was talking about uh, there was a Vans and Simpsons collaboration, which I knew about from Tony, uh, who works uh, at Rooster Tony Teeth, Simonetta. who was like a, a fan of all things. How do I describe it, John? How would you describe? He's a pop it? Like, culture aficionado. Yeah, and so he knew. I like The Simpsons, and so he linked me to these two, but Ben Schwartz was talking about these Mr. Plow vans, which for anyone who knows Simpsons knows Mr. Plow, iconic episode, and he was talking about how he was bummed out that they were sold out, and I was like, damn, like, I wish I knew about this too. I would have totally gotten it. I went on the site after tweeting that, and luckily, because I have freakishly small feet, specifically size five and a half male, uh, I was able to snag a pair of Mr. Plow vans. And I'm the happiest person in the world because look at these babies. Damn, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Wow, How you got to get a Mr. Plow jacket to match with them. I know that name. So again. you can't you can't wear a female size equivalent. Oh no, it's this is a, a women's seven, but oh, I think because okay. Vans, at least the page I was on, they were um, putting everything in male sizes. I think you could see where it lines up for female sizes. But why is there a difference between female and male foot sizes? Never understood that. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> hmm. I think it's probably based on like the average spectrum of size, and so they they I don't know they probably just try to make like the middle average. Yeah, but it's of, a numerical of... it's a numerical value. It's like saying, oh, I'm uh I'm I'm five foot ten women, but I'm like a <laughs> but I'm like a six two male. It's like what? It's numbers. Yeah. Just make them the nu- make the scale numbers. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, they do that's the same thing point. with fashion. They do the same thing with what? Well, fashion. With fashion clothes. Fashion though is different though because, well. How no, is it? but I'm saying like a small women's is different than a small men's. It's different size. It's well, not just small. Is right, but that's a, that's not a numerical thing. That's just small. That's, that's a, not well, a then word. Women's women's have have numerical uh 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 numbers to like their clothing sizes are such bullshit in general. Because even a women's small I, in one store would be a, a women's like large in another store they're so not yeah, but 
right across the board. He's John, mad about the numbers. There's, there's He's mad about the numerical numbers. values. I hear you. are saying like I a thirty-two you. waist. That's okay. that's that's just I, thirty-two inches. I I found an answer. You're not going to like it, Gavin. Okay. <laughs> so people, a lot of people agree with you. It seems like the it seems like the problem is that they do that to differentiate because in general, men and women's feet are also different widths. So by having different uh, different sizes, different designations for men and women, they can also approximate the width. And so men's shoes are slightly wider than uh, women's shoes. That's that actually not sure makes I'd sense. If, I'm just not sure I'd notice if my shoes were too wide. We also realized okay. in, in this... You would, you would notice if they were not wide enough. Yeah, yeah you would definitely right. notice if they were too tight. Yeah. <laughs> but Having I'm saying, figured like, out... Sorry, go for it, Gavin. Nah, I'm just not... <laughs> it's clearly a system that works. I don't know why I'm fighting it. All right. I was just going to say, having figured out that I'm size five and a half men's, I, <laughs> Trevor's a size 12, so my foot is less than half the size of his. Like, that seems weird to me. <laughs> and like, that's not right. Because my foot is definitely not the half size of Trevor's, but it is funny <laughs> seeing like my my oh. shoe and then his shoe. I should do the thing where I, I my my girlfriend currently she's super tiny, but I, I should do that thing that people have been posting the videos of where they uh, mount their camera at the height that their partner is, and then take a video looking down so they can see the perspective that their partner sees them. Oh, that's like, interesting. Because aren't aren't you and Esther also a bit of a different yeah, size it's differentiation? A, it's a big di big difference. So you'd 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 figure out where your eyes line up, Gus. You'd put the camera at an angle, and then you'd and then you'd video, and then Esther can see how you see her. I'm I'm also curious to see from her perspective what I look like. Like it's not flattering to look at yourself <laughs> from under your chin up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I should I should do that with like my my kids and see like what my <laughs> my seven year old sees when she looks up. Yeah, if I had a kid, it would just see it would just be two nostrils would be the point of view. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. This episode of the Receipt Podcast is brought to you by Caviar. Uh, with so many food delivery apps these days, you just have so many options. Uh, don't you wish there was a way to get the food that you actually want? Uh, well, now you can get your local favorites by downloading the Caviar app and get to ordering. Caviar is the food delivery app. When you want food you actually want with an ever-growing list of specially curated restaurants at your fingertips. Uh, there are a lot of delivery apps out there, but Caviar is the go-to place to find local restaurants that can be delivered right to your doorstep. Caviar is available in over 25 major U.S. cities, and there are plenty of options to choose from. That's local good food right to your doorstep. So get the Caviar app, get delivery, get food you want. And just for our listeners, Caviar is offering $10 off an order of $20 or more. All you have to do is put in the offer code TEETH at checkout. Remember, that's $10 off a purchase of $20 or more with offer code TEETH. Download Caviar in the App Store or Google Play Store and use offer code TEETH. That's T-E-E-T-H. Oh, man. I, uh, I don't know what uh everyone else has been up to but uh i watched a, a couple of documentaries this weekend and uh one of them was about a story that we've talked about on the podcast before do you all remember years ago a long time ago we told the story about this guy in colorado who got really mad at everyone else in the town so he converted a bulldozer into a tank and he like went and demolished a bunch of buildings in his town jesus christ no what? Uh, well, faintly faintly yeah. There's a, a documentary on Netflix about it called Tread. It's like 90 minutes long. And it's like, this guy just feels like he was wronged by everyone in this town for years. So he's like an expert welder. And he just welded a bunch of steel plates to a bulldozer. Uh, and like to where it was impossible for anyone 
to shoot him and stop him. It was impossible for anyone to get into it. He was controlling it by cameras that he had mounted externally that were feeding into the uh, the inside of the tank. And he just goes around and like demolishes the buildings that were owned by everyone that he felt wronged him in the town. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's a wild story. Uh, and they have a lot of footage of him actually going no around and, and doing this. What happened Jeez. to it then? Well, what ultimately what happened was spoiler uh he was demolishing this one hardware store but what he didn't realize was in the back of the store there was a basement so when he got to that part of the store oh. half of his tank like half of the treads yeah. went into the basement half of it didn't so he no longer had enough traction to uh to drive around and he got stuck my god is, is he in prison uh no he did not want to be taken alive oh no oh, oh gotcha yeah is so, the other uh, documentary you, should, you, should, you watched? You watch it. Is the other documentary you watched Howard? The story of Howard Ashman from uh, I, from I, Disney I, fame. I thought about it. Did you watch it? Is that good? I, I've, I'm two thirds of the way in. For my interest, it's very good because it's all about Broadway musical theater and the Renaissance era of Disney, including the the writing of the songs, the lyrics and songs of like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin all of those and it's incredibly interesting i never knew that howard ashman who wrote with alan menken we all know alan menken um and he's still around doing stuff they they're the ones who made those songs like every song in beating the beast they're the writers of that and he was also the original writer and i believe director of the broadway production of little shop of horrors mm. yeah um, that was his first thing of fame, but, uh, it's a really interesting documentary. I've only two thirds of the way through. It's mostly like still frame imagery and then audio from interviews. Cause they didn't have a ton of video footage of him. But one of my favorite details was that he, apparently he was just a creative genius. Like people constantly went to him to help talk through like creative problems and he would either have a good take or a answer for how to solve things. And when they originally designed Ursula from little mermaid, they had written, <laughs> Written her to be a very much like a, I think the the way they describe it is like a Joan Rivers character where she was very lithe and skinny and high cheekbones and and that kind of thing. And they had like several a designs in there. Kind of thing. They, yeah, and then they had one character that was based that one design that was based off of Divine, the drag queen. Mm -hmm. um, and Howard was like, "That's that's your Ursula right there." And then like he recorded like uh, the song of like you know uh, poor unfortunate souls, and paired it with that. But like the reason why Ursula looks the way she does and, and actually never realize this is based off of Divine, which is amazing, is because of Howard Ashman. Yeah, I mean that, those is, that is, period of Disney movies was like the like the rebirth, right? Like almost like a, a renaissance. It was called, it's called the Disney Renaissance, yeah. yeah. For uh, for Disney animation, I felt like it had floundered for a while, and then they had several movies in a row. All of those, you know, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Lion King, <clears throat> or just like they were Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Yeah, they were just knocking it out of the park. Well, it was a lot of it had to do with Howard Ashman's approach, and he wanted to he wanted to make them more like musical theater and apply that. A, like whole element to it a whole bunch more um like previous films had used music but they hadn't written it like musical theater and so he was a, he was a big 
reason why the, that era worked alongside a bunch of other creative geniuses that, that did amazing stuff, including, um, I can't remember the, the artist who was basically responsible for the, uh, the look of all those, that, that Disney look, um, and the very, like, uh, biologically looking bodies that, that had, like had muscle and skeletal structure much more so than previously. Um, what's his name? He's still alive and doing stuff. Walt Disney. Um, <laughs> no. He's not alive not and doing alive. stuff. <laughs> Do you guys have a, a favorite Disney villain? I know we're talking about Ursula. Ursula is favorite definitely up there Disney for villain. me. Jafar's Jafar. Great. Jafar's great. He, I think he took the gaunt high cheekbones look <laughs> from that uh, direction of villain. I'm, feel- I'm such a, I love, uh, I was rewatching Hunchback of Notre Dame and Judge, uh, Fro- Frollo, Fro- Fro- something like that. I think it's um, Frollo. Yeah, he's amazing, and his the stuff they got away with in that movie that has to deal with so much that's way headier than most other Disney. Like, like Lion King is a bunch of animals dealing with like you know uh, uh, just food and and that kind of thing. The Hunchback of Notre Dame deals with like lust and uh, uh, bigotry and uh, corruption in the religious system. Like that's what that movie yep. deals with. What? But it has talking gargoyles, so it's fine. Lion King's just Hamlet, isn't it? Hot Lion King is Hamlet. Yeah. I think the the best Disney villain is Woody from Toy Story. (laughs) Whoa, how brave of you to say. (laughs) (laughs) You rewatch it. He really is a villain. Uh, Jeremy Irons is pretty good as a villain. Yeah. Jeremy Irons is so good. I I, I will say Gaston, I think, has some of the best songs out of any Disney villain. Um, His song in Beauty and the Beast is probably one of my top Disney songs of all time. Uh, I see some people in the chat saying Hades also great from Hercules. Mm-hmm. Top notch. They have Captain footage Hook. of a. Uh, they have footage of the actor who sang Gaston in that Howard Ashman uh, uh, documentary, and it's it's always I always forget how different the actor looks than how Gaston is. He's he's a <laughs> smaller guy who's blonde haired and and he's he's attractive, but he's definitely not this giant beefy dude. But he's in the recording booth. He's like right from the moment that he's like really low and guttural. <laughs> I it's always great. heard that Jeremy, Jeremy Irons like messed up his voice trying to sing Be Prepared, so they had to replace him. So it's not him singing. Did, they, but the, did he mess up his voice or did they replace him because he couldn't hit the notes they needed? I don't know, but if you listen carefully to that song, it actually sounds like he is singing some of it. Yeah. And then they maybe switch like towards the end. They do. Where, when he's when he's in the the talk singing parts, it's him. And then when it goes much more melodic near the end, they switch to the other actor. Yeah, who sounds like he's American in comparison to the British tones mm. of Jeremy Irons. Well, it wasn't it wasn't very common early on in uh, a lot of the Disney movies for the voice actor to be the same as the singing actor. They were quite often different people. I mean, um, are they the same person it, in the newer stuff, like Frozen and stuff? It's kind of become this precedent that that in live action and in animation people want them to be a a one-stop shop of talent they don't want that to be that differentiation of someone else like dubbing in someone singing so yeah it kind of became a thing that uh uh vocalists uh you know did a lot of their singing but the same thing lanking there's there's multiple people who did singing for some of the vo stuff i don't believe um what's their face uh, uh simba and nala were the same actors i can't remember Hmm. They should have dubbed out uh, what's his face from the live action one who was Pumbaa. What's his name? Oh, Pickles Seth, guy. Pickles? Seth Rogen. 
Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was Pumbaa. American he does Pickle his best. The, the movie just he, came out. He does his best to uh, sing next to Billy Eichner, but it's a uh, it's a bit of a rough rough patch. It's, an, it's a no no. Also, like it's so hard doing those live action versions of Disney movies because you're constantly comparing it to the classic that is the Disney movie itself and the the voice talent and the acting and everything. Uh, so it, I don't know. It's hard to compare anything to the classics like that. I just got kicked out of VMix. What is happening to the internet today? <laughs> no, I see you. You're still there. You're still there. No, I know. I, I had to reconnect, but it was you like, oh, you got booed. Did I, was I there the whole time? Oh. Yeah, you probably, were just, you probably were just frozen. Oh. That's what happens when someone I drops ha- out, they get frozen. Oh, yeah. The last frame yeah. is what we see. Yeah, so just to let I it have. Go. I have a story I want to tell before the end of the podcast because I met an interesting character that I would love to describe to oh, you guys. Tell us. Please. Was and it then me? Gus, we I had met... to eventually talk about something else, Gus. You and oh, me. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll make this I'll make this very quick. It's not it's just it's just the most interesting side of the street homeless man I have ever seen. Oh no. Ever. So uh, I'm driving. I'm dr- I'm driving in the the west part of Austin, in the Westlake area of Austin, and I'm coming up on on, on a freeway exit into a, a, a going under the underpass. And there's a a guy ahead. I'm like I'm like twelve cars back from the light, and I see a guy ahead um, in the divider who's got a cardboard sign and and is you know doing the thing where he's you know he's panhandling that kind of thing. And as I get closer, um, I realize he's not doing a conventional panhandling technique instead he is holding the sign with one hand he is flipping off all the cars with his other hand and the sign just simply says fuck westlake pigs (laughs) and he is doing this to all the cars he randomly is picking some of the cars and screaming obscenities at them Uh, must have been i I didn't have my window down but i assume it was some sort of eloquent manifesto of his distaste with pigs and then as he's kind of making his way down uh he also decides to switch from the middle finger and goes to the ball grabbing kind of move where you kind of like <laughs> shake grabbing your your balls at someone else and you're like yeah i don't really know what message that tells but it is it is distasteful so i think that's what he was trying to to yeah. convey um and then his his opus of this performance was he eventually turned around um put his head between his thighs and flipped off the cars through his leg upside down through the crotchular region of his body so that I we got him. anus stand face hand. and and middle finger no was he, the message was he getting a lot of money he was surprisingly not getting a lot of takers hmm. um and uh, and I was I was a bit uh taken aback by this performance I, I assume it was a one-man show he was workshopping in public and i i didn't take the time to to uh, uh roll down my window and hear the 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 lyrics i assume that's the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> so is that like an overly affluent area that he has a problem with it's it is it is it is the the affluent area of austin um and he was just apparently just not happy with them and uh was showing that through um his his peace you know if, if he, you're allowed to peaceful protest and that sounds like what he was doing although yeah i mean i guess if he's only touching himself yeah he he was just um he he was just grabbing himself and 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 that was it so it was it was fine and, and I, I wish him best in all of his endeavors it's dude a- I'm, I'm just impressed by that head between the legs upside down <laughs> flip off like that 
Chef's that's, kiss, that's a, my friend. That's a lot of energy to be uh, putting out there because it's 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 been really hot the past few days yeah, too. It, so I imagine he was uh he's probably pretty uh pretty hot out there doing that. Oh yeah. Didn't <laughs> Death Valley register like the hottest temperature on Earth? Yeah, I think it was like 130 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Oh God. It's like fit. It was like it 50 was, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Death Valley's hottest temperature ever. Is what it was. It was pretty it was, hot. Uh, Which is typically too. the hottest place on planet world yeah it was 107 here over the weekend i think yeah i I sent a screenshot to my girlfriend that it was i thought was funny because my phone when you look at at night it tells me what the forecast will be for tomorrow and it tells me like uh what the temperature difference will be today and i sent her a text and i said it's gonna get cooler because today it was said it was gonna be a hundred degrees which is seven degrees cooler than yesterday so i was like nice and cool today wear a sweater <laughs> yeah, I know it was hot this weekend because Trevor and I went for a walk that could not have been more than 15 minutes, and we both fell asleep the second we got home, and it was like mid-afternoon. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you fell asleep on the walk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was so hot, we just passed out in the middle of the street. No, we, we got home and immediately we're just like, I'm so fucking exhausted all of a sudden, because the heat just drains you when it's that high. Yeah. Gets you a good heart rate up. Yeah. Getting some vitamin D too, which is nice. Haven't been doing as nice. much as that as I need to. Yeah, get that vitamin D. Barbara, uh, you had something you wanted to make sure we talked about. Yeah, I want to make sure we talked about this because I spent all week making sure I did my homework for Gus. What are we doing? Trevor and I started and finished all of Indian matchmaking. Oh, you watched this. it. Wow. <laughs> the whole thing on Netflix. We, it's, we watched it's all sad of because it's, it's only like eight episodes. Which is something I want to talk to you about. And I know this is going to be very niche because there's obviously not everyone in our audience has watched it. You guys haven't watched it. So I apologize. But there's got to be another season. Yeah, I would imagine. uh, It was it was really entertaining and it's really well done. I think what I said last week was like you feel really invested with some of the people on that show. And it's like. It's it's yeah. almost like characters, you know, that are that are written, but it's real people. Like you know, you're watching their their story unfold, but it's like it's not a story; it's their life, you know, uh, the way that they're navigating these situations. And it, I think they just do such a good job of like weaving that story through. Where uh, it's, it's real life. I don't know. I keep saying story. Where like <laughs> story. people disappear or they like leave the show and then they come back, and just watching people grow and change throughout the course of the show, uh, it's just it's just really phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think the reason why I think there has to be a season two is because it, like, I think you talked about this last week, but they essentially, like, keep introducing new people as other people, like, you're like, okay, this is kind of resolved, so we're going to move on to, like, new people. They introduced a new person in the last, like, four minutes of right. the last episode, <laughs> and I'm like, what? The, is there more? Like, that, yeah. that can't be happening. Yeah, they introduced that person, and I, like, I checked how much longer was on the episode. I was like, this is the last episode, and there's only, like, three minutes left. Yeah. That'd, be like, that'd be like Frodo in Mount Doom about to throw the ring into the fire, and they introduced the hobbit that was there the whole time. They just never talk about it. There's another one. Oh, this Steve. is this is Kevin. He's been here the whole time. And there goes the ring, and that's the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's really good. Uh, who, I mean... What did, what did you all think about? What did you and Trevor think about it? We we really liked it. It um, was very entertaining. But uh, I also like, because we talked about Love Island and The Bachelor and all those types of shows, I love shows like that, reality shows about dating and finding love and stuff like that. I think it's so entertaining. So, Gus, I feel like you might like Love Island if you liked Indian matchmaking. <sighs> I feel like those people, those people, I feel like on Love Island and shows like that, like people play it up for camera. I felt yeah. like with Indian matchmaking, it was a lot more 
genuine. It was people who are like a lot more authentic and there just happened to be a camera there documenting yeah. uh, the process. It is it is a very interesting thing. Like I, I know that in that culture, arranged marriages are very prevalent and have been for a very long time and they still are to this day. So it was weird to see one particular couple where they met and like so many of these first meetings are with the entire families too so it's mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. awkward of just like hello nice to meet you here's my parents and my grandmother and my sister uh let's have an awkward first date all together <laughs> with both of our families nope, nope. yeah but to see but that one particular guy who like met this girl and her family and they seemed really awkward together and like they weren't really talking much but like they'd show them on the phone later and it was still awkward and then he was talking to his cousin. He's like, yeah, you know, I think I like her. I think I'm going to say yes. And then they're engaged. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane. It's, it's, well, like, it's, I mean, like they say it, uh, a couple of different people say it at uh, different times throughout that show. It's like, yeah, we'll get married and then we'll find love later. You know, like we'll just make sure that we're compatible. We have the same goals and then, you know, we'll build something from that, you know. That is it's about, I guess, like being open and honest from the beginning, making sure that you want the same things and then just working to find middle ground from there. That's bonkers. Coming from someone who did the opposite and had a failed marriage, I can't imagine. That's not how it can work every single time where you can just match up with somebody and, and make then it figure work. it out. Nope. Yeah, well, yeah, I, mean, I feel, no, I feel like nope. there's, a, there's enough people in the world, enough other people where you can be like, this person, this, this person I get on with really well. I can't imagine just finding the nearest person and being like, that's probably the one. Without yeah. really knowing, that's crazy. They well, they don't find too. the nearest person. I mean, like they 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 deal with this matchmaker who makes sure who try, who presents them people who are aligned with their way of thinking and was aligned with their values and the stuff that they want. So it's not like they're just randomly picking a name out of the phone book. I don't even it's know like, what I want. How is a matchmaker supposed to know what I want just, and find me just, a proper a proper? That's why the, that's why the family's involved. Yeah, it's just such a my family could not be able to <laughs> tell you who I'm supposed to date. Do you think it's a good system? Like having watched, having like more experience. I think if, if people are into that, yeah, I think it's good for uh, for some people. Absolutely. And there's I just feel like people, some there's pe there's people in that show who like in in they call a marriage like we think of it. They call it a love marriage. They talk. There's people in that show who've been through love marriage, like it not work out, and they're like, you know what, love marriage didn't work. I'm gonna try arranged marriage, and uh, so like they're they're pursuing that to see. Yeah, you know, but what's how crazy I mean, I get, is they have I get marriage. I to try it, but I feel like a lot of families are more strongly opinion than others so some one family might be like doctor get that one but just because oh. it's a doctor not necessarily knowing if they're a good match you should absolutely watch the show because that happens on a very yeah. frequent occasion of people being like oh i'm just gonna let my mom decide who i, I date in this case and ask there, all the questions and stuff like that is there a rave happening yeah. in gavin's room right now a rave you got like something is like oh. flashing lights and changing colors it's like, uh, it's, like, it's like it's on like sound mode. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I just I don't my ceiling light doesn't work, so I have to I have to use my fancy lights for just light. <laughs> but I was so upset with uh, the the there's that person that Nadia goes out with for a while. Yeah, who you think it's serious, and then he's like, he like ghosts her twice. You're like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Dude, that whole thing, I couldn't tell if that was just it didn't work out and then they had to add some type of narrative to make it, like, explained why it doesn't work out. Like, that he ghosted her or something like that because it seemed, like, very set up in that way. It was, um, weird. It was very I weird. I feel like, yeah. for, for me, just hearing about it is, 
it's just one of those things where it's like if you don't grow up with that environment it sounds crazy but to them that's t- perfectly normal and the the way other people do it is crazy yeah it, like i i feel like i've had that so much switching countries where it's like i guess it is strange that when i was in england i would have like six to eight cups of tea in a day and now i'd like <laughs> don't, don't do that as much because there's, there's not one always sticking the kettle on it, to the it, point where it's like maybe that was a bit a bit strange maybe it was a little excessive who knows <laughs> but yeah it, to... like the first episode i think the matchmaker says like in in that culture there is love marriage which is like a you know what i think a lot of people in the u.s and the western world are used to um but they have marriage and love marriage. So, like, marriage is typically arranged or, su- or you know, determined by the family or in some capacity. So that was, like, instantly so weird to me and so foreign to me. Um, but it was very entertaining it's, and it, really... It, it, it really grabs you, right? Yeah. Like, from the beginning. And you're like... Like, I started watching. I was like, I don't know if this is something I'm going to like. And you, start, you, you start watching. You put it on. You're like... And like instantly you're like, oh no, this is really enthralling and uh, I, I want to see what's where this is going to go. Okay, then two things. One, I'm going to try an episode this week. I'm yeah. going to give it one episode and that way, one episode yeah. can grab me. It'll I'll drag you. you know if yeah, it it'll grab me. you. Two, I have to address something in chat. There's a bunch of people who are saying that my mom should pick my girlfriend or my partner <laughs> or my boyfriend for me. Um, hey, chat spoiler. My mom hooked me up with my uh, my ex-wife. She was the one who chose the, the woman that I married. Not always gonna work out. That's not gonna be a good idea so wait, every did, time. You pretty much did an arranged marriage. <laughs> it wasn't arranged, but my mother introduced us and was that definitely pro. Put no, she was definitely pro putting us together and really trying to do her best to get us to um to to hook. So up. she has a really bad. Uh, I wouldn't say bad taste, but. She just uh, didn't. She just didn't. Not the best know judgment. Me and I didn't know me. They, I got married when I was twenty. Two, don't get married when you're 22. Well, um, they, which is they, funny they because of, in Indian matchmaking, it's like you're 25 and you're single. What the hell is going on? Yeah, you, know, you, can, you can get married when you're 22. It's fine. I'm screaming at John from from 20 2008, whatever it was. I mean, don't get <laughs> divorce is it's. I feel like the stigma on a divorce is way less than what it used to be. Now oh, it's yeah. like. Yeah, get married, feel like it, get divorced, get married again, sod it. It's just oh, like right. extreme dating. Yep. Extreme it's dating. it's a bit more cumbersome than just that, but yes, I agree well, it's, that it's, it's a it's bit more It's dating with insane accepted. amounts of paperwork. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and judges. Um, but really, it's like, in terms of what changes in your life, if you've already lived with that person, it's not a ton day to day. It's just like a an extra step. And that's where I went it? wrong. We didn't, we, all, we didn't live together before we got married. Uh, but that was also a problem. I highly recommend you live with each other before you get married. I, I would how, agree with that. I yeah. love how Peter well, you don't really... in chat was like, give her another chance. I, give I her another I'm t- chance. I think, I think he's referring <laughs> to your mom, not your ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> no. I feel like the oh, living together my... is the most important stage. Yeah. yeah. Which is why like all these people on Love Island are like, I want to marry you. I want to do it. Uh, we got to be, we got to have kids. It's like, you've, you've only lived with each other with other people on television like you don't know how you don't know how you fit into each other's actual lives you don't know what it's like getting food poisoning from getting greek food together yeah (laughs) right you don't know what it's like falling asleep on a hot walk together (laughs) you might (laughs) you could do that without living together uh 
yeah, it's important. I, I don't think I'd be able to commit myself to somebody long term no. without having spent that time. Because you, I mean, even if you date for years and spend a lot of time at each other's places, it's not the same as actually sharing no. a space and sharing stuff and responsibility and things like that. Well, that's even something I didn't learn until I got divorced because I didn't live alone until I was divorced. <laughs> and I realized that's my preferred state is living alone is that I don't, I have to have a lot of separate space in order to function properly. And so I don't really know if at any point in my life, I'm going to have someone else live with me. It could change later on, but right now I'm like, I, 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 I like having alone time and you can't have that if you're married and live with each other from the get-go. Have you yeah. ever found that being divorced has impacted any of your relationships after getting divorced? Like, has anyone really cared that you've been married before and you have I kids? I imagine it's probably more about the kids, right? Than the divorce. The, ki the kids is the, is the bigger uh, hurdle for some people to get past hmm. even though i've you know i've obviously every single person i've ever gone out with i'm like you are not my kids new mommy or daddy i'm not looking <laughs> for that um so uh and and i've always kept my kids quite separate from my relationships i don't really even introduce them to the people until quite a ways in they also deal with issues sense. like this on indian matchmaking they do <laughs> uh, so we we had a game we wanted to play tonight, uh, oh, right. but we're, we're running oh. we're running out of time. We really don't have time to do it. Uh, so hopefully we'll we'll get to that next week. It's a game we can play next week as well. Uh, but we do have to wrap a little <laughs> bit early today because uh, we have a watch party coming up here uh, in ten minutes at six thirty. So uh, yeah, just stay here. Just stay. If here. you're watching live, stick around. There's going to be a watch party. I think John and Barbara, you're both in it, right? Yeah, yeah. we're going to be we're gonna watching. Watch, uh, uh, what's, what's the full title? Uh, oh, the. Um, the uh, fat birds fab, of prey fantabulous. and the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yeah, Something it's, it's like that. the Birds of Prey movie that has a longer title, which I uh, can get to you. I'll I'll say it at the beginning of the watch party, so you'll know it, and I'll give you. A, if you want to know the full title to it, come on over to the watch party. I know you're chomping at the bit to know that full title. So, Gen <laughs> genuinely, a fun movie with a great cast and uh, Ewan McGregor playing a flamboyant gay villain. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's so good. It's so much All fun. Uh, stick around. Uh, right now, that's about to start. Uh, if you're watching live on Rooster Teeth, uh, and if you're watching this on demand, uh, we'll see you guys next time. I gotta get more claw. Bye. <laughs>